Chapter 46, August 2002, age 47. Three months after the Trent Acosta trial, Robert and Patricia relocated to Utah. The trial in Florida left Robert feeling that if he and Patricia were to stay in their apartment, their lives could be in jeopardy. His career in real estate also left him exposed, since much of the information about him and his new life was on the internet. So he had the information removed, essentially ending his career selling homes. He and Patricia stayed with one of the senior adults from their church, who knew of their circumstances and opened his home to them. But a week later, after the man's daughter found out about the situation, the man reluctantly asked Robert and Patricia to leave. They landed at the home of Pastor Philip, where they stayed for about three more months until Robert's time under supervised release expired. Bill came through for Robert on the financial end. He had a freeze-dried goods business and was in need of a sales rep in Utah. He offered the position to Robert, who saw the opportunity as a way to get back on their feet since he and Patricia had been out of work for three months. In March of 2002, Robert and Patricia moved to Park City. All the while, Robert was dealing with a deep desire to be a pastor. The time he and Patricia spent ministering at the nursing home had kindled the fire to serve God not only as a comforter, but a leader to the elderly. He expressed this desire to Bill, who in turn talked with his friend Pat Robertson of the 700 Club. He told me to tell you, said Bill to Robert, that even guys in the mafia have a respect for the clergy, and that if you really have the desire to be a pastor, you ought to apply at Christ for the Nations. They won't bother you there. I don't know about that, Bill, said Robert. I lived with these guys for most of my life, and some of them are ruthless. Those kind don't care whether you're a pastor or a pimp. They'll gun you down just for the fun of it. Still, Robert liked the idea of going back to school and getting an education based on theology. In May of 2002, Bill made arrangements for Robert to visit the campus in Dallas, where they stayed at a hotel for a couple of days while checking out the school. When he returned to Utah, Robert filled out the application he received while there. Wanting to be upfront with them, he included the history of his past dealings with the Mafia and his relationship with the U.S. Attorney's Office as a witness. He sent it in the mail and waited for a reply. Weeks went by with no response, so Robert took the initiative and called CFNI. You have to understand, Mr. Borelli, that this is a situation we've never had to deal with, the Dean of Admissions told Robert. It's something we're going to have to earnestly pray about before we make a decision. While waiting for the board's reply, Robert learned that selling dry foods in Utah was much different than selling stolen goods on the streets of New York. He had no connections, and since Y2K had come and gone without a food crisis, few were interested in what he was selling. He also found out rather quickly that Mormons, the predominant part of the population, liked doing business with fellow Mormons. With that in mind, he tried to use a couple of Mormons as frontmen. Still, the business floundered. In August of 2002, the CFNI board's reply came in the mail. We feel that you would do well at our campus, Robert read from the letter to Patricia. Our only concern is that if potential students and parents of students were to learn that a person with your situation were studying at our campus, it might deter them from attending. With this in mind, we accept your application to attend CFNI but only under the condition that you are never to share your testimony concerning your past involvement with the Mafia or your current relationship as a witness for the U.S. Attorney, 
Yes, Patricia shouted as she wrapped her arms around Robert in a celebration hug. I'll start packing now. Robert laughed. Don't you think there's a few more things we need to do before we pack, like find jobs? Patricia joined him in his laughter. I say we just go. But what about jobs? We need to have jobs to pay for schooling, food. I say we depend on God for the jobs. Robert shrugged. Okay, let's do it. Within a few months, Robert and Patricia were on the campus of Christ for the Nations. They were immediately able to move into an apartment complex, which was once a motor inn. The apartment had two rooms, and despite having to share it with an ever-growing family of cockroaches, they were grateful for the place. Patricia found a job with a shipping company. Robert felt his exposure in real estate was too risky, so he finally landed a job valeting at a restaurant. For the next three years, Robert concentrated on his education, the first two at CFNI, where he received his associate's degree, and then Criswell College. While at CFNI, though, he reunited with the senior adults ministry on campus and eventually became its leader. He patterned the ministry after the one he headed in San Antonio with not only a variety of social activities, but Sunday morning preaching as well. The evangelism teacher at CFNI, Scott Camp, asked Robert to join the staff at Fellowship of Joy, the local church he pastored. He needed someone to minister to the seniors of his congregation and the community, and he felt Robert was the right man for the job. Pastor Scott also had ties to Go Tell Ministries, an evangelistic outreach that went into public schools and prisons. This gave Robert the opportunity to minister to at-risk kids, something Robert wanted to do since he first gave his life over to Christ in prison. After moving away from Dallas, he and Patricia started a home church from which they ministered to two area nursing homes. They proceeded in much the same way as they had in the past, but Robert felt there was something more God wanted him to do. In his mind, seniors were no longer getting the respect nor the honor they had painstakingly earned. In the fall of 2007, the first annual Senior Adults Appreciation Banquet was held to honor all the elderly, not only in the nursing homes, but in the entire community as well. It was held at a local park so the seniors could have a day away from the nursing home and out in the warm sun while enjoying the pleasure of watching the children at play. Robert, Patricia, and the other volunteers were busy filling plates with barbecue brisket, potato salad, and baked beans, and then shuttling them to the guests waiting at the decorated tables shaded by a large pavilion. For entertainment, three men from the church were playing guitars and singing in one of the corners of the pavilion. Robert came up to Patricia and wrapped his arm around her waist. How do you think it's going? Well, they seem pretty happy. The food's really good. Have you had any yet? I grabbed a slice of the brisket, Robert said. He pointed to a shuttle bus where some of the volunteers were unloading more seniors who had just arrived. Looks like we have more coming. As some of the volunteers pushed wheelchair-laden senior adults up to the pavilion, Robert noticed the dress of one of the attendees was not properly covering her. It appears Ms. Lipinski needs a little help, he whispered to Patricia, who saw what Robert was referring to and went to the older woman's aid. He watched as Patricia tried to help the woman by unhooking the dress from the wheelchair and pulling it down over her knees. The woman looked in horror as Patricia said something to her, after which she slapped Patricia on the hand and scolded her. By the time Patricia returned to Robert, she had a tear in her eye. 
All I was trying to do was help her, she said, soothing her hand. What did she say to you? She said, my husband needs to quit looking up her skirt. Both Robert and Patricia turned away so no one would see them laughing. The first senior adult appreciation banquet was considered a success by the church and the nursing home staff, who were very appreciative of the effort made to make the day special for their residents. As successful as Robert's ministry was going, there was still one area of his life that bothered him more than any other, the absence of a relationship with his daughter. Soon, Robert would witness God's amazing power to restore even the most hopeless of relationships.